Hey everyone, welcome to the Wheel Booze, the monthly podcast where we get drunk and talk about anime. I'm Kyle. I'm Hunter. It's your boy, JB, Justin Butcher, Justice Warner. Hey Hunter. Follow him up? on Instagram. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. I post about depressing stuff, but I'm he not does. depressed. It, it, literally worry. his last Instagram first post was like, we only live to die. <laughs> yeah. And then he had like, no joke, probably 15 different hashtags about like depressing shit. He just likes to be True. edgy. What are we drinking? So, uh, two things. One is this New Belgium Oak Spire, which is a bourbon barrel ale. So, the, right when I tasted it, I was like, something's funky about this, and that's why it's bourbon, uh, bourbon mm-hmm. barrel aged. But we also had um, my favorite brewing company, Left Hand, made a, uh, a special 25th anniversary stout um, for, well, being around 25 years. And I uh, went to the uh, opening or the anniversary party in um, Lamont, Colorado. And brought some of them back and let you guys try it. What did you guys think of it? It's so, so strong. I think that you guys strong. didn't like it at all. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> I, I liked it like 10%. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought it was great. It's, yeah. I can't it's imagine strong. myself drinking like a full bottle of it. So um, one thing I do notice, they had it on draft mm-hmm. at the at the brewing company, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and having it on draft um, smooths out a lot of the you know, that huge alcohol hit you get mm, from being mm-hmm. 12%. So it's not as good uh, from the uh, bottles. Yeah, I would have it again for sure. Well, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, this is a show where we each talk about one thing we love about anime in relation to the predetermined theme of the episode. And in honor of the spookiest month, uh, this episode's theme is fear. Afterwards, we answer a listener question, followed by our opinions on what we're currently watching. If you'd like to submit a one-word episode theme, such as fear, uh, a question, or your own unique thing that you love about anime, go ahead and use any of the links in the description, comment, or join on our Discord to send them our way. We also have a Patreon if you want to support us, you know, so. Uh, do you want to get started? What are our other choices? Mm, you can leave. You can just go home. Oh no, bye, Hunt. <laughs> are you still sick? I'm still sick. I have a cold. I apologize, everyone. Uh, you have anime fever. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> I have a fear of words. A fear that my thoughts, strung together almost subconsciously, will be misinterpreted when spoken aloud. Grammar, syntax, diction, tone, cadence, these are all contributing factors that play a vital role in determining how others extrapolate who you are as a person. One idea, one single sentiment, can be phrased and interpreted in infinite amount of ways. And that terrifies me. Because even if I carefully construct a sentence to perfectly embody my feelings, no two people will reciprocate it in the same way. No two people know the same exact iteration of you. Within this room alone, there are multiple iterations of Kyle. There is the me as I know myself and each of your unique understandings of who Kyle is in relation to your life based on everything I've ever said to you. Throughout our lives, we're told not to worry about what others think of us, yet so many aspects of life, friendship, work, romance, heavily rely on how others perceive us. But I don't fear what others think of me as long as their opinions are justified. I fear people misconceiving my intentions. I fear people believing that I'm someone other than who I actually am. Which is why I find Satoshi Kon's film, Perfect Blue, to be so deeply unsettling. Perfect Blue is a film about identity. Mima, our protagonist, is undergoing a career transition from pop idol to an actress. And during this transition, this alteration of identity, Mima is faced with numerous accounts of unjustified scrutiny. Scrutiny, not only in regards to her decision, but towards her intrinsic character as well. We hear gossip about Mima from the general public as they cast doubt, criticize, and make assumptions about the motives behind her actions. We see Mima through the eyes of her friends as they push and persuade her to either embrace or reject a new public persona. We learn about Mima in the way she is perceived by her stalker through fraudulent online diary entries. And we know Mima as she knows herself. That is, until she begins to question which interpretation of herself is her true self. 
It also doesn't help that Mima's new career as an actress requires her to pretend to be other people. Her role in particular being a character with a form of disassociative identity disorder. As Mima's grasp of her very being begins to slip, so does her sense of reality. Relinquishing herself to the overwhelming prejudice surrounding her, she begins to confuse falsified statements and fictional events with fact. Mima, in her most crazed state, retreats to her stalker's diary as a means to solidify her existence, almost finding solace in their words. Their words become her truth. In comparison to fears associated with danger, like drowning heights or darkness, a fear of words, or to be more accurate, a fear of being misunderstood, may seem inconsequential. Yet words are an expression of one's inner self, a verbal representation of the soul. So to have them be rendered ineffective is dehumanizing. Imagine the blank stares of utterly confused coworkers, classmates, strangers, or friends as you yearn for them to derive meaning from what they can only interpret as nothing other than sounds pouring from your mouth. It's for this reason I restrain myself when talking about anime to non-anime watchers. There is a predetermined lack of comprehension, and those who are unable to comprehend are labeled as weird or crazy. By severing the connection that links true self and perceived self, Perfect Blue instills this unique portrayal of insanity. And insanity is intriguing. We're not only enthralled by characters who experience mental breakdowns like the cast of Evangelion, but we value villains who are able to articulate devastatingly corrupt viewpoints in a thoroughly convincing manner, like Johan from Monster. Language is scary. It's akin to mind control. Your words can remain with someone, like in Masamune Kun's Revenge. They can ruin a potential relationship, like in nearly every romance anime. They can corrupt, deceive, persuade. And if they're taken away, an integral component of our identity is lost. Who are you without your ability to communicate? I don't know how we're ever supposed to go after you when you, like, <laughs> do so well. I if think this keep... podcast should just be us listening to you. And no. be like, hmm, yes, good point, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Nice job, Kyle. If you keep saying that about yourself, you'll never surpass me. You I fear not being able to surpass you, Kyle. Whoa. I, I live in Kyle's shadow. No, guys. <laughs> no. You. It's funny that you talk about the the power of language because you. that is your medium. That is what you use to shape your ideas and to share who you are with the world, you know is your language and words. So for you, that is the worst thing that could happen to someone mm. to completely misunderstand or just take out of context what you're saying. Exactly. So, you know, I can, I can relate to that. I definitely have a different, similar to that, but my words are more like, because I'm more in tune with my emotions mm -hmm. because of the art that I do. Mm. So words come out and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Whoops. Sure, sure. As opposed to like my music, which is, you know, how I communicate. And that's how I don't want people to misunderstand what I do with that. Definitely. Right. And it, and it shows with how, I mean, you know, anyone that looks on the Discord can kind of see your little trials and tribulations with trying to write anything <laughs> new and how many times you'll get so close to a finished product and scrap it all because you're <laughs> afraid of, of something happening, mm -hmm. which is also funny because right now you're live and try lowering your inhibitions with drinking, which mm, is why drink. the easiest way <laughs> for something that you say to be misinterpreted mm. or uh -huh. for your true self to come out because uh -huh. you're no longer scared of judgment. Yes. You high, you high functioning, Alcohol People. is a solution. You try to hide the fact that you don't have six or seven anime posters in your room. And we all know you do. I don't hide that. <laughs> to the outside world, you do. Maybe oh, not sure. to your to your fans, mm. to your your community. Right. Well, I'm glad that was. I'm glad I was able to communicate my idea of fear to you clearly. How many times did you write that and edit it and reread it? I don't think that's an exciting thing to hear. It's, it, takes, it takes a long time. It takes about. Um, a week to write and then uh, like but I say a week to write but as I've said before I work on the podcast during brief periods of mm. free time like during work um, so I say a week but it was small intervals of okay sure sure see the interesting thing is like you me have such a different approach to writing because like I write you know 
a lot, but you have like such a distilled way of going about writing and using language as I'm like, just like a hundred percent emotion. And just like, mm. it just comes out when I try to like overthink stuff never works when it just comes out. Cause like the emotion is so strong way better. I mean, it depends on the person. It's difficult when I do this, but I edit while I write. Mm. So it will take me 20 to 30 I, minutes. I don't see how you sentence. couldn't edit while you write. Like I, I find it bizarre that somebody would just blast the page with stuff and then go back to it and see if it, you know, see if it makes sense, see if you can. It depends on the kind of writing though. Like if you're writing like, you know, like a lot of the authors that I love spent a lot of time really dissecting what every th- word that they're using means. Now with other mediums, you know, there's, there's so much more into it. Like, so that matters less, right? Cause like if the emotion matters, what with the language that you're writing, it's like what you're saying right? matters. It doesn't matter how you say it. I mean, it does a little oh, bit. Oh no, I disagree. You think so? You think, you don't think so? Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, the cadence and all, you're right. Language is so complex, but are you talking about his word choice and how he says it? Or are you talking about literally the word, his speech, his vocal inflection, his timbre, the performance? Okay. I mean, does it really matter that much how your performance is, as long as it's like the the consistency is there? I think everything. I I think it does matter because if he if it sounds like he's reading off of a script, Mm. which on some of your earlier videos was probably one of your criticisms. Sure. um, Trash. Oh. (laughs) He has fixed it. But I'm saying that that you know that's something that people can notice, and it it almost uh, it doesn't take away from it as as much as one might think. But it's I don't know when when you when you ha- when you read as if you're just reading a paper, it feels like there's less emotion in it. Like Definitely. you're just you know yeah, it's less organic, right? Well, it's just like, like you're taking it and then you know re- you know reading it aloud. You're not it's not coming from the heart. It's not mm. yeah. Let's go on to someone else's topic. Okay. Me? Great. Yeah. There you go. With this this month's topic of fear, it comes at an interesting time um, in my life because, you know, fear is, is such a powerful emotion. It's such a negative emotion, but it has something that, it's something that is so pervasive that it can be, you know, can freeze us in our tracks. And I find myself relating to a lot of the anime, uh, a lot of characters in anime in regards to fear. A lot of the, essentially, um, you know, I'm at a point in my life where there is a lot of big decisions and a lot of life-changing, you know, events on the horizon. Purchasing my first house and like, you know, being on my own and being like completely, you know, taking this big step that could be great but it could also be incredibly risky and dangerous and, you know, and, and committing in a relationship and like living with someone and, and accepting all these things that could be amazing, but could also be like really terrifying and like terrible. So, you know, I, I see myself and I'm like, dang, like this is crazy. And then I think of like, you know, all the, all these anime characters that had that same exact decision at the, you know, episode one, they're sitting on the, the preface, precipice prep precipice precipice of like a new life and a new adventure that has a lot of reward but also like incredible danger and change that is terrifying you know in full metal alchemist brotherhood the elric brothers decide to to undertake um responsibility and and to to um confront their their mistakes head on and become state alchemists, even though it's not easy. It's incredibly challenging. They're young and they have a lot of baggage. Um, Akita in devil, uh, devil man, Crybaby, He has to make that decision when he, um, gets the power of a devil man to retain his humanity and to not give into the, to the fear of what he's become. And it's definitely not easy, but when you watch, you know, there's so many different iterations of this, but at the same, the underlying theme that's, that's the same with all of it is this, this unknown, the fear, but you have to continue forward and, you know, and take great risk in order to get rewards. Like uh, I started watching My Hero Academia and it's really good, but Midoriya has to make that decision of like, I want to be a hero, but you know, 
I have to sacrifice who I was in this, this life that I've had to a certain extent. So, you know, it's very different than some of these other characters, but it's no less, um, there's definitely a lot of fear involved with that. And he overcomes that, you know, in that first episode where he, uh, charges in and saves Bakano or Baka, Bakagan. Bakuko. Bakugu. (laughs) Bakugan. That's it. You got it. Perfect. Nailed it. Voltron. Ultron, that's a great anime. <laughs> Keep going, it's my favorite anime. <laughs> Rick and Morty's my favorite anime, actually. <laughs> but anyways, you know, he overcomes that fear and comes out on top. So I definitely identify with that. And I hope that I can make that decision as well and overcome the fear. That's what I got. Great. Yeah, I can totally relate. I think that's in fact maybe one of the most relatable fears uh, among a lot of people our age you know we we've graduated we are looking towards the future yeah fear of the big world and like not really knowing what to do and <laughs> figuring out that all the people you looked up to also don't know what they're doing yeah. <laughs> true yeah. that it could just be attributed to a fear of like real life um real life is scary for sure um <laughs> like i there's so much that I, I, I want to do, you know, I, I want a new job, I want a girlfriend, but the moment those situations present an opportunity for me, like when I get a message from someone on a dating app, even though this is something that I want more than anything else in the world, I still freeze up. And it's that, it's that we become content with we are we are complacent mm-hmm. uh, and even if where we are at in our lives is not ideal it may not you know it's it's not really where we want to be at the very least we know what to expect and that assurance keeps us grounded um, because you know I'm so content with my daily work routine mm-hmm. um, but like if something else were to present, like to force me to change my ways, um, it's a it's a scary thought because there's risk, and I think risk is at the root of all fear. Well, the big thing about that is when you when you take a change like that, you have to accept the change, the good and the bad. You know, we tend to focus on the good, and we're like, oh my gosh, if I had a new job, the green grass is always greener, as they say, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh my gosh, I hate my job right now. I can't wait to get a new job. But then you come face to face with that negative aspect. You're like, holy crap, my boss is insane. They have so much pressure on me. Oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of terrifying when you have to see that. Yeah, and I think that's why we admire all of our shonen protagonists because um, you know, at the start of every hero's journey, they make that decision and they, they do go for it because if they didn't, yeah. there would be no story. And, you know, we all want a story of our own. Mm. That, that whole crossing the threshold. We mm. actually, we were watching this um, video the other night about the hero's journey. Yeah. So it it's went powerful. over all the, all the stages. Mm-hmm. Like crossing their threshold is a really powerful moment mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. when they finally accept it and begin the journey for exactly. real. Yeah. It's good stuff. The, um, I have to ask Kyle, what do you think of the seven deadly sins being like number one anime? Is that true? I don't think so, but that's someone said that. Who? Some someone at my work who has a mohawk. That's all you have to know about him. But he said oh, that, that Seven so Deadly Sins is is the best anime. It's 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 his favorite. It's not the best. No, he said the best. He he's incorrect. But what <laughs> <laughs> is he though? Because <laughs> that's his opinion, right? Yeah, his. But it's the best. That's what he said. So what do you think about that? I think he should listen to our podcast on best versus favorite. Mm. Um, and he just needs Maybe to understand. Maybe that guy you just... Yeah. Reference. Uh, well, we have a we have an episode about that. You should listen. <laughs> Reference episode uh, 26. We, we discuss it in detail. Yeah. Um, I would like to hear his reasoning. That's all I have to say. Do you like that anime? Um, if we're talking... Well, I like both Seven Deadly Sins anime. There are two. Yeah, um, there's the, the Sinbad one, right? No? No. There is the magical shonen one and then there's mm. the boob one. Those I, they both you're both no. describing the one that I am thinking of. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't don't one has more magic, one has more boobs. Still not nope. They 
I'm like, they both have that, I think. Do they go to hell in the one that you're thinking of? The one I'm thinking of is the one. Is there a pig? Yeah. There's a pig. Yeah. Is that the magic one or the boob one? That's the magic one. I feel so lost. Don't worry. There's a boob one? There's a boob one. I want to watch the boob one. That one sounds better. (laughs) Which one's better? Don't ask me that. Which one's the best? (laughs) (laughs) Which one's your favorite? And don't tell me to watch an episode because I won't. Hunter, why don't you share your topic? Okay. Well, you guys ending off with, uh, you know, why we admire our show and protagonists is mm-hmm. kind of a good tie-in. I know that um, Kyle, when he when he briefed us on this topic, he kind of, um, he didn't set a rule, but he said that it'd be a good idea if you took something personal and kind of attached it to a fear that's an anime. And I don't know how much I've felt this myself, but I, I noticed it to be a running theme within um, anime protagonists, especially shonen, is that um, in anime, there doesn't seem to be that big of a horror genre. Kyle could elaborate on that, but I mean, there's just something about the medium doesn't do fear as well as uh, live action films seem to do. Um, there's just, and, and I've never, I know there have been attempts, but I've also never been interested in watching one. But one fear that keeps coming up again and again um, is kind of a fear of failure and a fear of not being good enough. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that motivates these protagonists. So um, I also wanted to use Boku no Hero as my, you know, one of my examples because Bakugo is constant, like, it, he doesn't show it all the time, but he he's constantly has this fear that he's going to be surpassed by Midoriya, right? You can see um, in the early stages of the show that he feels like he's superior. He's been superior their entire life together, right? Up until from, you know, four years old when he first got his quirk all the way up to 15. He's always been on top. You know, this guy, he, he'll never be looked down upon by Midoriya. And you can see that that's one of his biggest fears. And that kind of, you know, talk too deep about things that actually happen in the episodes, uh, especially some of the later ones, but you can see that this fear starts to become larger as the show progresses, that he will actually be surpassed. And I just think that that's, you know, it, it's always used as a motivator in these shows. And I think that that's just, I, I, I wish I, I had something to, to draw on, like from personal belief. I like it's, it sounds so, um, weird to be like, yeah, I've never thought I wouldn't be good enough. I've always thought I'd be good enough, but I've just never had that, that self doubt that these characters have. And I, I feel like if I did, maybe I would be motivated to like, you know, be like a league higher or, you know, aspire for more. But you know, I guess it's just something I noticed. I guess it's a little bit of a short topic, but no, I actually feel like your topic is, um, really closely related to Justin's. Um, and I wish I could say this was my own idea, but this was based on something that I read. I think I read this in a book called um, The War of Art. Um, but basically, a lot of people experience not a fear of failure, but rather it's a fear of success. Meaning that, and this, and this is what kind of bridges your two topics, you know, we can, we can tolerate a, fe- a fear of failure. We can understand that when we fail it's um it's something we can learn from and grow from but when we actually succeed we have to really question ourselves in our future because we overcame that difficulty and now what and that's what translates to your fear of the unknown justin because once we succeed we have to set a higher bar for ourselves we have to find a new goal to achieve um and it is that constant striving for success that is terrifying um we actually have a a listener question that i think will even tie more so into the sphere of success um so i want to wait on that well real quick um another example i wanted to use but i didn't because i thought you would roast me for it and be like Mm. no you're wrong and here's why i wouldn't do that was uh would be shinji from evangelion and his constant fear of actually piloting the the robot itself Mm -hmm. um i I fear you would have some extremely profound explanation of why this is but it it, you know to me it, it it seems like one of those fear of failures 
Um, is it a fear of failure? That's a good question. There's a very complicated relationship with his father. Correct. You know, it, there's multiple facets to this, but I think that every time he experiences something while piloting the Ava, he has a fear of getting back in, right? Getting back, yeah, experiencing it again. It's a painful experience. I mean, I think to be honest, Shinji's fear is contrasting the lack of fear in most mecha anime. A lot of a lot of mecha anime say, hey, you're a 14-year-old boy, get in this Gundam and fight a war. And he's like, okay, that sounds fun. But Evangelion, you know, just puts a realistic twist on a 14-year-old's mentality, which is like, hey, we need your body to, to make this Eva function. Get in and you might die. And he's like, Fuck that. I'm not like... <laughs> but he's also the only one in the show that acts like that. The other two main Ava pilots are... One is extremely confident and one is basically emotionless. Right, and I think that's why they are able to pilot. One is so um, confident in herself and wants to show off that she does it as a, um, a method for getting attention and the other is built or made to serve that purpose. I don't know, That's a, that might be a different... Uh, there's a reason yeah i mean i just i wanted to know your thoughts on it i know mm -hmm. you would know better than anybody how to, how to approach that <laughs> no i think i think we all touched on on really good solid fearful topics They're not not outright spooky topics like but i didn't think that would happen in the first place um, it's really hard to do that like honestly like i was thinking about it and i was like there's no like downright scary animes i mean i guess so, yeah, in fact, that was our um, that was our topic a year ago when we did uh, horror. Anime. Why aren't there scary anime? Yeah. For last Halloween. Anyways. Well, I think we can move on to um, questions. But first, we do have a, a submission of sorts. This was actually a YouTube comment that someone wrote regarding their own take on our topic from last month. Hunter, would you like to read this one for me? Okay. Just because I'm trying to save my voice. Um, okay. So Here this comes are. from uh, Ember. Ember on YouTube. <laughs> Love, huh? Might as well say what message of love sank into me the most when it comes to anime. There was a girl named Kaiori. I, I feel bad if I mispronounce this. Kaiori. Kaiori mm -hmm. in yeah. Strawberry Panic who became very attached to a collection of flowers in a greenhouse. She saw them as delicate, beautiful things protected from wind and rain. They would never know the suffering of a drought. Any concerns were quickly taken care of by people. Their lives were entirely sheltered from all harm plants and nature would normally have to go through. This girl was so satisfied, simply knowing her lover saw her as a special significant other. Her lover was like the sun shining on her through the greenhouse windows, which meant the world to Kaiori. Kaiori would never know financial burdens. She would never know the glum realization of getting older. She would never know what it would be like to be truly independent. Kaiori was just told she had no more than three months to live. Oh, Jesus. Death hung over her head, yet she was at peace knowing she had a lover that acknowledged everything about who she was. Strawberry Panic is a heavily underappreciated anime. Bite me. And this spoiler should not ruin it for you as it's mostly backstory. It's an amazing, well-paced romance untarnished by too much etchy. There's a sprinkling of eroticism, but not enough to ever truly be focused on. Awesome pacing. Extremely satisfying end. All wraps up nicely in one season. Loads of character development. Highly recommended. Give it three episodes. So off of that review, I might be, you know. Well, thank you, Amber. I hope you don't read us. Intrigued? I don't know. Uh, Willing to watch? No, like you pushed me to do something. Encouraged? Encouraged. I might be encouraged to watch Full Metal that. Panic? Full Metal Straw, full Panic Strawberry. Strawberry Panic? Strawberry Panic. Yeah. Strawberry panic. I, I, I could barely, like, I, my first thought was reading it and not screwing it up, and mm. second was processing it. So. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Ember, for that mm. uh, comment. I hope you don't mind us reading it. I think that was great. I think that was fantastic. Mm. Yeah, it's, I, I really like seeing this because it, it shows other people that are just as passionate as Definitely. Kyle is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... You know, just to just to see the people, you know, watch something that we put out and, you know, want to comment on it. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that I think that that passion 
because I know for myself, like I'm not like Kyle who has that's to like, right, watch that's everything. Right, I said Kyle. But yeah, so like, you know, when people, when Kyle's like, watch this, I'm like, Ugh, I, maybe. And then I do, and I'm like, holy, that's amazing. Like, why? Right, and it's I always a good opinion, it. but it's like, I don't know. Getting, so, so I have to cross the threshold, man. People it's People don't hard. like being told what to watch. They're like They like yeah. finding it on their own. But we it's, dumb and we need help because we dumb. Right, but there's some aversion to it because yeah. I think we talked about this before, but like, there's a difference in finding a band you like or someone else coming up to you saying, hey, listen to this, you know? But I feel like that's the best way, like, you know, of that's that's a strong medium of finding anything. Sure. Let's move on to a listener question. Also, real quick in mm-hmm. the Twitch chat, A, we have Watch It, another one for Strawberry Panic. Sure. I've never yeah, seen okay. it, actually. So we should all then watch that's it. And that's a to-do for Kyle. Jeez, oh, don't put that on my plate. You have to do it. You have to break your rule of only watching new anime and watch that one. I'm watching so much. Okay, and then the other one. So I, I started, like, giggling during Justin's question. Yeah. And it was because somebody in the Twitch chat said, the anime that is maybe more afraid of the... Oh, wait, no. That's a different one. Hang on. Um, the most fear I've had in anime has come from romance drama potentially not being resolved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was like very unopportune laughing. Yeah, I was, like, I, was like, I was like, oh my gosh, don't laugh at me. Like, no, no, no. It was in the Twitch chat. Like, it just came up at that moment. It's funny. Um, our listener question comes from Death HJ on Tumblr. They ask, has there ever been a speech from an anime that has really touched and moved you in some way? For me, it's gut speech to Casca uh, in the episode of Berserk, Bonfire of Dreams. Uh, so, do you guys have a favorite anime speech? So I have a lot of speeches. I like. You have a lot of speeches. So um, when I heard this, I I um, there was something that like instantly kind of came to mind as something I'd use. So it is sort of cheating because I don't think it's a speech so much as an expose. Mm. But um, when you say moved, I think you just mean something emotionally moving you, right? In, sure. in any way. Um, so one of the first times I like legitimately bawled while watching anime came in the form of um, the 10th episode, I believe, of Violet Evergarden. So I don't know how much spoiler to give here, but essentially, um, well, I, you know what? I'm just going to say spoilers ahead because I can't really explain the speech without saying what sure. happens. Mute for about 30 seconds if you're listening sure. afterwards. <laughs> if you're listening live, I don't know. So, so in Violet Evergarden episode 10, uh, there's a scene where um, Violet is writing letters for a little girl that doesn't really understand what's going on. Um, she thinks that her mom's ignoring her. She thinks that her mom doesn't have much time left to live and that, you know, she's being ignored to go write these stupid letters for someone. Come to find out at the end of the episode, the letters start appearing on her doorstep on her birthday for 50 years after her mother passes away and her reading them and finding out how much her mom loved her and how much she wants her to exceed on her 18th birthday. Like, have you found a new boy yet? You know, all of these things, like just tears running down our, my face while watching this. Like it was one of the saddest things I'd ever seen in a show. So I would say that moved me. So, um, I can't say that my answer, uh, is moved me, but I did find it incredibly interesting mm-hmm. like as far as the speeches so um it it was this one of the speeches from death note mm. i liked death note um it's when l is making an announcement to kira is this on the rooftop when it's raining well no it's the one where he talks ah. about <laughs> whoa this is in <laughs> your <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> damn it's basically when he addresses kira and he talks about monsters and how um, you know, he's he's terrified of essentially sociopaths and like, you know, some of the things that he says, he's like, you know, they pose as humans, even though they have no understanding of the human heart. They eat even though they've never experienced hunger. They've studied even though they have no interest in academics. They seek friendship even though they do not know how to love. If I were to encounter such monsters, I would likely be eaten by them because tr- in truth, I am that monster. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was so interesting because he's basically like, sociopaths are the most scary kind of monsters because they know how to manipulate and I am a sociopath. So basically that is the one person that can defeat me yet. You know, I'm up against this. That's so good. So yeah, it was a great speech. Um, and it's really interesting because I do think about 
I'm not, I'm very interested in the world and the politics of the world, but I hate politics. So I'm always interested in like, you know, how much role, how much of a role do sociopaths have in the world that we live in? Yeah. And uh, so when he kind of calls that out and it's like, whoa, like that's crazy that to think of like a chess game of sociopaths versus sociopaths. Yeah. Playing with our lives, like they're meaningless. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. It was a good, interesting, I wouldn't say moving. Mm -hmm. Thought provoking. Yeah. Yeah. It moved your thoughts. Great. Uh, (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So, so many anime speeches have moved me that I wouldn't even know uh, how to choose one or another. Um, so to make it easier on myself, I just picked the most recent speech that resonated with me. Um, in March Comes In Like a Lion, there's a story arc that involves a high school girl who was outed for bullying and was forced to partake in counseling um, with the principal. And after a few sessions, the girl Takagi asks, So sensei, did you find an answer? Did you find a reason for why everyone has to put effort and try their best? And the principal replies, I've been thinking a lot and I couldn't find an answer. I racked my brains, but in the end, to be honest, I came up blank. It's strange, isn't it? And when I thought about it, I realized I never even had any doubts about it. Why was that? It's hard to make an effort, but I always assumed people had to do it. All this time, I thought making an effort was something you did for your own sake. Anyway, I'd been told that often enough that I don't even remember who first said it to me or where I'd heard that idea. Now that I reached this age, I felt that phrase was true from the bottom of my heart. For the longest time, I probably just wanted to become a better person than I was back then. And then Takagi interrupts. So we're talking about you now? Is this going to take long? The school bell chimes and he responds, no, time's up, and begins to leave. Right now, I think you have a lot of anxiety that you don't want to do with. You haven't done anything in your life yet, so you don't know your own capabilities. That's the cause of your anxiety. You refuse to make an effort with anything because you're scared of learning your own capacity and being disappointed by it. But Takagi, it's okay to be disappointed. Once you learn your own capacity, you at least understand what it is you should do. When you understand yourself, what you want to do will also become more clear. Once you do that, you'll at least be able to get past your incredible anxiety. I can guarantee at least that. And I think that has a lot to do with our own topic of fear. And it's that fear... It's, it's just being scared of your own capacity, your own potential. So back to like fear of success. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. It's a real meta episode here. It is. And I love it. It's great. <laughs> but are we really afraid of the potential that we have? Or are we more afraid of realizing that potential and the work that goes into realizing that I potential? I feel like it's a fear of getting there and not knowing what to do next. Like, well, I don't know. I, I mean, how many people do you talk to that are dreamers? They talk about all these fanciful things, but they're not willing to put in the work. And it's like, well, shut up and do work and then I'll mm-hmm. take you seriously. Yeah. What is more common? You know, the people that are like afraid of realizing that potential for fear of what comes next or the people that are fear of actually working towards it's, their potential. It's far more common for people to like talk the talk, but not actually succeed because yeah. of that fear. That's why it's prevalent. That's why it's common. Do you think it's the fear of failure? Or, I mean, the fear of success? I think I do. it depends on different things. Like, let's say, um, I'd say that most people aren't, you know, they don't have what they would define as an ideal body. Everyone knows how to fix that. Everyone knows that mm-hmm. you can go do exercise, you can eat better, but it's hard, yeah. right? Me I think Ka- that Me and Hunter used to work out and then you stopped. We did. So that's true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> working out doesn't just mean lifting weights. I play basketball. Every time I ask you to play basketball, you're like, oh my God, 7 a.m. That's so Guys, don't fight. I was <laughs> getting ripped and then Hunter stopped. You look like a Dorito. You don't do, <laughs> <laughs> you don't do any leg work. 
<laughs> I've never seen you squat. I hiked Camelback yesterday. You know how much of a leg workout All that right, is? Let's, let's move on. Let's move on to what we're watching. What are we watching? Uh, we watched Boku no Hero and we watched the movie. We watched the movie. Yeah, that was fun. But When's the movie in the timeline? Um, it's not. Well, so mid... It's separate? There, there is a sort of... It's not a recap. It's like a filler episode where they do some random thing that doesn't have anything to do with the story. In the last maybe five minutes of that, they kind of do this hype up for what the movie will become. And then the movie is its own separate thing that's maybe halfway through the third season. Okay. And then it, it comes back to what's happening. Okay. Like every show. Actually, movie. it might be between the second and third season. I would say he has depending on what Midoriya is is able to do during the right. film. Yeah. He has full cowling. Yeah, he has full cowling. So cowling, what the fuck? But you've seen the second season, haven't you? Yeah, but cowling. It's called cowling. Cow cowling. So what the fuck is cowling? <laughs> um, anything else? Anything else, Hunter? No, what the fuck is cowling? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> no one knows. I don't know, man. It's an anime word. Just. Let it happen. I would say that um, Broken Hero is the only thing. Yeah, that's all we've been watching. Justin, I want to go. Yeah, I finished Yuri on Ice. Oh, how was that? Super gay. It was gay. Yeah, it was great. It was. It was. It was very unsatisfying because yeah. nothing happened. Right? Yeah, they didn't fuck. They didn't fuck. You're, so the fear of the romantic plot not being realized. Well, here's my problem. So. <laughs> So the the one dude Yuri did not win. Whoa! Spoilers. And him and Yuri and him and Ivan, him and what's his name? Yuri. No, the other guy. Yuri, the main guy. Yuri. No, the other guy. Yuri, the coach. I'm, oh, I don't know. Sebastian. It's been so long. <laughs> the guy. Anyways, it was just like I don't know. It was just ridiculous. But anyways, it was very enjoyable. It was very enjoyable. Um, it was good. And then I watched Boku no Hero. And I. So Boku no Hero is like. Really good. Clearly the new Big Three, right? It's part of the. If there will be another Big Three shonen, Boku no Hero is going to be part of it. I enjoy it thoroughly. Because I watched it all very recently from episode one to almost end of season two, and it's incredibly addicting. Apparently, the cowling definition is the removal of a vehicle or aircraft. Wait, oh, the removable cover of a vehicle or aircraft engine. What the fuck? So and it's a, just like a bunkai. And a cowl is... So basically hood. he does his 5% shit. That's what you're talking about. But like everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're correct. You're Where there. did that even come into Shut play? Up. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> Keep going. Anything else? Boku no Hero, you like it. Oh, I was, I was going to say, yeah, it's going to be one of the top. Uh, it's going to be one of the new big three because mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, yes, there's predictable moments, but it's done characterization very well. Mm-hmm. There are very few characters I dislike and don't know anything about. I know something about all the characters. They all have unique personalities. They're fun. The purple hair guy sucks. I don't think anybody likes that character. No, he's right? the grape he sucks. guy. Yeah, the grape yeah. head guy. Yeah, nobody likes He's so him. annoying. Um, like, but he's he's great too at the same time. But but every character has some sort of personality. They haven't, you know, they've somehow had this massive range of characters and given all of them enough screen time to make you know people choose favorites and, and mm-hmm. understand the different personalities and quirks and stuff of everybody. Um, you know, they have interesting heroes. They don't have overpowered stuff. Like it, it just does everything right. It really, it, it checks all the boxes and it just continues to do so. That's, that's it. That's my review. 10 right. out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10. All right. So the new anime season started and, uh, I've had a cold and I'm getting over it while I'm over the worst of it. Uh, I'm still suffering from like all the exhaustion that it's put on my body. Um, and I just haven't been motivated enough to make a, a first impressions on the new season video. Uh, in addition to the fact that I finished my next script for like my next big video, um, which I think is far more important. So I, I haven't decided yet, but I don't think I'm going to be making a first impressions video. But um, I do have first impressions 
for the new season, um, which I will say here on the podcast. And if I do decide to make a video, it would just be essentially what I say here. So as always, I've watched everything that's aired, but I'm only going to be talking about the anime that I find to be the most worth watching. So I'm not going to be giving my insights on, you know, the garbage, just filler existing for the sake of existing anime. Anime characters are expected to fit into archetypal roles, which is why the medium is so saturated with tropes. Because of this, it's always refreshing to see anime characters written from a more human perspective. Seishun Buta Yaru wa Bunny Girl Senpai no Yume wa Minai has really captured my attention due to its reactionary character dynamics. Although supernatural events may be occurring throughout the anime, dialogue is grounded in reality. Conversations don't feel completely scripted, which may simply be a sign of a good voice actor. Uh, but that goes to show how characters act like people not like anime characters, within reason. Also, it's been a surprisingly emotional experience only after two episodes, especially for a show with Bunny Girl in the title. Karakuri Circus captures one of the uh, many things I adore about anime, which is to take a fundamentally bizarre concept and completely ignore how weird it is. Unlike self-indulgent, wacky media that love to make its audience revel in its own self-proclaimed craziness, Circus presents the weird as normal, and runs with it. Aesthetically, it felt reminiscent of Hunter x Hunter, with uh, narrative vibes of Ushio Tutora, which makes sense because it's uh, written by the same author. Um, his works feel like mini time capsules to early 2000, um, and they feel simultaneously fresh and nostalgic. Um, I like Kazuga Sui... I have not practiced saying these names. I like Kazega Suyoku Fuiteru for avoiding the characterization contrivances that bothered me in similar shows. After a certain point, Free became too melodramatic to be believable, or, at the very least, I found myself unable to empathize with any of the characters or relate with any of their interactions with one another. Whereas, the attitudes amongst the boys in Kaze, so far, feel reasonably genuine rather than over-exaggerated. The chemistry both good and bad, between this motley cast of boys, is the primary factor that drives my interest in the show. But I'm looking forward to when the premise starts to take precedence. Despite it being part of a genre I've grown disinterested in, Tensai Shitara Slime Dataken is both surprisingly captivating and comparatively unique. The practically perpetual dialogue gives the impression of constant progression without ever feeling overbearing. And while the show may thrive off its usage of tropes, the plot, or even the humor, doesn't rely on them. Contrary to the show being defined as an isekai, it's less about an individual gaming the system of another world, and more about their accidental snowballing into success. Zombieland Saga is a ruse. The anime tricks its viewers into thinking they're watching a zombie anime when in actuality it's yet another idol anime. But man is it stupidly endearing. I found myself legitimately laughing out loud on several occasions and the rap battle in episode 2 was way better than it needed to be. It was unjustifiably good. Zombieland would have received attention based on the premise alone, but the remarkable execution of some of its jokes has earned my attention. Plus, the dualistic appearances of all the girls' character designs is something I thoroughly enjoy. Of all the anime I'm including on this tier of most watchable, Uchi no Maid ga Uzisagiru is the one I would put an asterisk next to along with a footnote indicating guilty pleasure. It's difficult to describe the appeal of this show without addressing its pedophilic nature. However, I will say that my personal enjoyment of Uchi no Maid stems from the juxtaposing pairing of muscular militaristic maid and lolly, not the mere inclusion of lolly. I'm not defending the anime, but I did find the joke in episode 2 involving the maid's reaction to online pedophiles to be a bit of a relief in regards to the show's overall tone. I am so utterly fascinated with Yagate Kimi no Naru that, purely on a conceptual level, it may be my favorite anime of the season. Sex and sexuality are among my favorite themes in media, and they're not frequently implemented in anime in a tasteful or progressive manner. 
Kiminaru is essentially about someone who uh, I assume is a lesbian falling in love with a girl who um, has never felt the feeling associated with love. In other words, someone who is asexual. I have so much respect for the authentic tone of the narrative, and I can't wait to see what direction the show takes, whether it be morbid and bleak, or fulfilling and inspirational. SSS Gridman is lower on my priority list, but I do think it has potential. Only having seen the first episode, I feel like the only purpose it, uh, it serves is to pay homage to classic kaiju stories. Unfortunately, the CG during the kaiju fight was underwhelming. In fact, the fight was my least favorite part about the episode. Everything else, the characters, the sound, the atmosphere, all had that studio-triggered charm. And Hinamaru Sumo is the manliest anime of the season. I've actually read a decent amount of the manga, so I can say for certain uh, it's thoroughly worth your time if you enjoy shonen sport anime. Also, as uh, someone who isn't particularly tall, I've always been a sucker for short protagonists. Being able to watch this tiny man toss around people three times his size is straightforward fun with a healthy dose of badass. Unless you guys have anything else to say, we can go ahead and wrap up. Get money, fuck bitches. Get money, fuck bitches. If you have any questions, comments, uh, suggestions, or submissions, please send us as many as you would like. You can send them to myself at Tsukurotaku on Tumblr, email us at theweebos at gmail.com, submit questions on our Discord, or just leave a comment wherever you're listening. Join us on Twitch for when we record live on Fridays around the middle of each month, and join us on our Discord so you can talk to us whenever you would like and keep up on opinions on what we're watching. Also, consider supporting us on Patreon or leaving us an iTunes review if you like what we do. And more than anything, please share the podcast because word of mouth is the only way we get new listeners. We want to thank you, Dachi, for our intro and Kugata for our outro. And like always, get drunk. Anime. See you guys next time. <laughs> Kamikaze, say goodbye, you don't be mad, I'm lit.